Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. How many is ready for what God is going to download in your spirit? I want to hear your praise and your hunger right now. How many is ready for what the man of God has carried into this place? Come on, just lift your hands and let's begin to get ready. God, we open up ourselves. We open up our hearts. We open up our ear gates, Father. Lord, we open up our ears to hear, but we open up our heart to receive. And so, Lord, right now, I just pray that there would be a fresh anointing to begin to fall in this place. I ask for a Psalms 92 anointing, that there would be a fresh horn of oil. Come on, somebody. A fresh horn of oil over this house. Anybody in agreement with that? That you know that God is doing something new tonight. I'm thankful for what we saw last night. But how many has a praise to say, I'm ready for what he has? Somebody shout now. Now, if you believe it, put a praise on it. Put a praise in advance. And make welcome the bishop to this stage, Kevin Wallace, and bless the name of Jesus as he comes to be led by the Holy Spirit. Somebody give the Lord a praise, not for what he has done, not for what he's doing, but for what he's going to do. It's a faith praise that it has to last longer than three seconds. It has to. It, because three seconds is what your mind told you. But faith starts talking at about seven seconds into it. When you start saying, why am I doing this? I don't even know what he's up to, but I got a feeling he's up to something in my life. He's up to something in my family. He's up to something in my church. He's up to something in my school. He's up to something in my future and I gotta praise him for what's on the way. One more time, somebody praise him for what's on the way. In fact, tell your neighbor, there's some stuff that is not gonna make sense out of me tonight. Come on, tell your neighbor, there's some stuff that's not gonna make sense coming out of me tonight. Because if I praised him according to what I was going through, you would be able to understand that, that it's just a real predictable praise. But sometimes faith rises up and you praise him bigger than what you're going through. You praise him better than the season that you're in. You praise him according to your faith that says, I refuse to let go until you bless me. I refuse to believe this will be the last chapter. I believe that if I hold on, I'm going to reap if I faint not. Somebody who's made up their mind, you're not going to give up. Give God some kind of praise. That is a prophetic announcement. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord in this place tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is in this room and I leaned over to your pastor. 
I said to them, this is a different kind of culture than even the last time I was here in January. There's something shifting for y'all. And I hope you can perceive it. And somebody said, oh God, don't change nothing. I came to tell you some change is happening. And some of y'all need to change. Some of us need some change. Come on in here, don't get mad at me. How many know that the next version of you is the best version of you? Uh-huh. How many in here got an iPhone or some backslid people got an Android? Come on, how many got a phone? How many know that every now and then you get a notification that there's a new version of your software that must be downloaded so that your phone can continue to be maximized in its efficiency and productivity? I want to tell you if you have an iPhone 13, you can't run on OIS 1. You've got to continually be updated. Well, family, I want to tell you that where God is taking the church, the Holy Ghost is far too wise to allow the old version of you to step into a fresh outpouring. Some of y'all get nervous, but I pray you get a breakthrough tonight and recognize that it is new wine that God is calling into the house of the Lord. It's a fresh oil that he is releasing and the devil will never be wiser than the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost not only sees what up the road, but he knows what's around the corner. I came to tell you the church will never be catching up to darkness. Darkness is always one step behind the kingdom of God. We gotta go to the word, but touch three people and tell them update, update, update. Some of y'all need to update before we leave this house tonight. Your mind needs an update. Your spirit needs an update. Your worship needs an update. Your praise needs an update. I love the old you, but I like the new you better. God is about to bring you out and take you in. Slap somebody else, tell them update, update, update. If your neighbor looks at you funny, I want you to help me tonight and praise God. Jump up whenever you feel like it. Shout in their ear. We gotta quit. We gotta go to the word. But I feel something breaking out on Friday night. The devil doesn't know what to do with the next update coming to the church. We're getting ready to come out of wildernesses. We're coming out of valleys. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. We're coming out of bondage. And when we come out, we're never going back by the grace of Slap six people, tell them update. 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 Somebody said, do you got Bible for it? My Bible said he will move you from glory to glory to glory. I don't know where you're stuck, but I came to pull you out of a ditch and to tell you it's time to
it's getting right in here. I feel some principalities that have been sitting in this region. I feel like they're getting a notification. I feel like hell is getting a word tonight. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. We had them stuck for 20 years, but something's happening tonight. Something's breaking free tonight. I'm coming out and I'm never going back. I'm getting free and I'll never be bound another day in my life. Yes! Shut and say yes! Find three more new people and tell them update, 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 update. He's about to update the youth group. He's about to update your marriage. He's about to update your financial situation. He's about to update your business. He's about to update you. I don't know what you've been stuck in, but I'm telling you when the anointing comes, it will break the yoke. And I feel the anointing. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to praise God in a heavenly language. Lift up your voice all over the room. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Give him glory. Praise him till you feel your help come on. Praise him till you feel that mass disappear. Praise him till you feel your joy restore. Praise him till you feel like it's going to be all right. Yeah. In order for the update to work, you've got to have a strong signal. And I feel like we've got a strong signal in the house tonight. Tell somebody, tell them the strength of God is in this room. The strength of God is in this room. Breakthrough is coming to your row. Breakthrough is coming to your house. Breakthrough is coming to your children. Yeah! Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord. You know what that is? It's a sign to some of y'all who are stuck that there is an update coming to you. God is increasing the speed. God is picking up your pace. Tell somebody tell them update, update, update. Thirty seconds. Open up your mouth. Cut your feet loose, and everybody praise the Lord. shout at least as long as you cry 
Aleluya. Let me teach y'all the war cry. Everybody put your hands together. Give him praise, people of God. Praise him. Give him praise, people of God. The Bible said praise is comely for the upright. Yeah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you lost your praise and you're getting it back before you leave the building tonight. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. The problem in the the modern day church is that we've got too much knowledge and not enough joy. I'm thankful for knowledge, but knowledge didn't kill me. Knowledge is what makes me have joy. I'm not shouting because of what I don't know. I'm shouting because of the joy I have because of what I do know. I know my sins are forgiven. I know my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. I know that the devil is under my feet and Jesus is on the throne. Somebody thank God for joy. I want to be a good steward of our time. But if you was in the world, you would just be getting started. Smoking a camel and drinking a Tom Collins. Tonight, we didn't stop drinking. We changed fountains. I didn't quit drinking. I just changed, I didn't quit dancing. I just changed partners. I want you tonight to help me give God glory. You know, the Bible said give glory only to God. But it said give honor where it is due. And sometimes we think, well, I withhold honor from where it is due to make sure God gets glory. Can I tell you, God gets glory when we honor those who should receive honor. And I believe it is in order tonight to give honor to the angels of the Lord of this house, apostolic voices and leaders in this region, nation, and our generation, help me thank God 
for the patriarch of faith in this place, the visionary, the voice of God, the angel of the Lord. Thank God tonight for Pastors Aaron and Amanda Crabb. Come on, tell God thank you. It is no secret my love for them and my wife and I consider them kingdom family. I think this might be my fourth or fifth year and I, I, I pray every time I get through that I don't make y'all tired of me. And then they call me and say, will you come again? I said, will I come again? On broken glass barefooted, I would walk to Nashville to preach at Overflow. How many are thankful for what God is doing in this building? One of my dearest friends in the whole world is here tonight, Pastor Greg DeBreeze, his precious wife, Gretchen. Can you thank God for this prophetic man of God, for this father in the faith? Sir, I love you, Gretchen. We love you, dear. We love your children. I see my dear friend, Bishop R.J. Matthews, his precious wife, powerful wife, Cecilia Matthews. Help me thank God for this man and woman of God in this place tonight. I honor you. I was just with you in Houston. And I just told you tonight, we're coming to Mississippi in October to be with you there. I love you, my God. If you haven't heard her preach, you're in trouble and it's going to be another level. Just endure me to get to the woman of God. Amen. I want to be honest with you tonight. I keep waiting on God to do something so I don't have to preach. I, I, the Lord does this sometimes and I was, you know, just minding my own business on I-65 North. Coming up through there, we were just humming right along. And the Holy Ghost got on my fingertips. I couldn't type fast enough. And I told Christopher, I told Chris and Rick, and I said, oh, Lord, this has to be for another time. The Lord loved me too much to make me preach something I haven't had time to go get into this deep. But sometimes my study would mess up Revelation. I believe in study. I, I believe in studying, but how many know sometimes God just wants you to say something in an, its simplicity and not complicate it with all of the accoutrements of a sermon. So tonight I want you to go to the 30th chapter uh -huh, of the book of Genesis. In fact, it's Genesis 29. I'm, I'm going to talk about Genesis 30. But I want you to start in Genesis 29. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, would you stay right here with us? Keep on feeling us with your love and for these blessings anybody been blessed already in the house come on family we lift lift our hearts in praise without a doubt we know that we have been Revive when we shall leave this place. Genesis 29, verse 31. 
Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor. You look 12 pounds lighter tonight than you did last year at Overflow. Come on, tell somebody. Bless them in the name of the Lord. Genesis 29, verse 31. Thus reads the word of the Lord. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again. And she bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, she named this son Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name. Judah, and she stopped her bearing. Tonight, I simply want to deposit just a thought into your heart. It might be the quickest sermon I've ever preached at Overflow, but look at your neighbor and tell them, say, neighbor, God is moving you from pain to praise. We need to say it one more time and then we'll preach. Look over at your other neighbor, see if, it, see if they respond any better. Tell them, say, neighbor, God is moving you from pain to praise. Lord, help me tonight and fill this room with your glory. And let your name be magnified. Let your people be edified. Let the devil be terrified. We thank you that when we leave this property tonight, the residue of the overflow that will happen and has already happened will be something we carry with us for a lifetime. I pray that the word and the move of God that has been spoken already and has been and will be yet spoken, and not just the word, not just what you say, but what you are starting, I pray we will carry it for the balance of a lifetime. And I pray we will look back on these moments as defining moments in our journey when you broke through and the devil lost his authority over our lives. Now bless the people of God tonight. In the name of Jesus we pray and everyone said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I am thankful that God in his sovereignty, his goodness, and even in his mercy did not hide the issues, the dysfunctionality, the problems of people whom he used greatly as he wrote the word of God. I don't know about you, but when I read some of these things in the Bible, it seems like a Jerry Springer episode. It's, 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 it's almost embarrassing that patriarchs and those that God would use in such mighty ways 
have so many skeletons in their closet. I know you don't want to talk about this because we are sitting in a holiness church and I am a holiness preacher and believe still yet in holiness for without which no man shall see the Lord. But in spite of our declaration and our passion and pursuit of holiness with which we please the Lord, the reality of it is I don't care how sanctified you are, how many tongues you talk in, how many gifts you have in the spirit, all of us in this room have a past. And the people who work hard to cover it up are those who are insecure in their past and have not come to a proper revelation of the grace of God. For if you understand the grace of God, it helps you to recover from the failures of your journey and you recognize that what you went through and fell in, if it didn't kill you, you get up stronger and you have something that the devil doesn't know what to do with and we call that a testimony. And I don't know about you tonight, but I'm thankful for the people who come to my church that God has brought them out of much because those are the people who are most dangerous when it comes time to worship. Oh, I'm going to preach right here for a minute. You let someone who has a sanitized understanding of their own life come to church and they will prance in with their nose high in the air thinking that they deserve to be there and they will look down upon people on the end of their row who have problems that everyone knows about. But I want to tell you tonight, it's the people who God brought out of the hell. Uh-huh. It's the people that God brought out of the mess that are the ones that will be the first to break through into the altar. Tears streaming, hands lifted up because they know had it not been for the Lord who was on their side, they would not even be alive and in the building. And I just want to take a minute in the beginning of this introduction and give somebody who's thankful to be here an opportunity to thank the one that brought you out and gave you hope for a brand new future. Anybody thankful that where sin does abound, according to the Apostle Paul, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And so tonight we did not come to compete with our resumes of righteousness because on my best day, my righteousness is still as filthy rags. I came tonight to praise the one who died in my place and because of my sin and because he's in this room, everybody, no matter what he brought you out of, no matter the color of your skin or where you came from or the socioeconomic place you sit at on the ladder everybody who's been saved ought to have a praise for the one that brought you out and sometimes we in the church we spend lots of money and lots of time and dedicate a lot of attention and energy to try to create an atmosphere whereby we convince people to believe we've all got it together. But if we rolled the unedited testimony of, I didn't say the edited testimony. I said the unedited testimony. If we rolled the unedited testimony of your life up on the screen, you would crawl under the pew, slither out the back door, run to the car, and never show your face in the house of God again. And when it comes to the word of God, even the patriarchs, Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham, I am one of them. So are you. So let's just praise him. 
And we talk about how awesome Abraham was, and Abraham was jacked up. Abraham found out ways to be deceitful. Abraham lied when under pressure. And what's crazy is he had a son who did the same thing. And they often ran when the heat was on, and they often responded to pressure in unrighteous ways. And yet the Bible said Abraham stumbled not at the promises of God through unbelief and that confuses me Greg because when I look at Abraham he actually got a promise from God and when it didn't happen in his timing he took matters into his own hands and he said well if I'm going to have a son I better get with it because my body's getting old and Sarah's in there and she ain't getting no younger come on in here Hagar Y'all don't like this part of the sermon, I can tell. Come on in here, Hagar. Let's do what we need to do so that we can produce the promise of God. But the, prom- the problem with that is that you cannot produce in the flesh what was promised in the spirit. And yet the Bible said Abraham stumbled not at the promises of God. I would call that a stumble. But the reason God said he didn't stumble at the promises that he made to Abraham is because God is good enough to refuse to define you in a season of your weakness. And I want to tell y'all something. We need to make sure we understand the difference between a weak man and a wicked man. Because God cannot and will not hear or use a wicked man, but I am living proof he will bless and help and strengthen a weak man. Some of y'all can't handle that when the preacher says that because you think everybody who stands behind the pulpit has got everything together and they got no problems. I'm going to tell you the blood you need is the blood I need. And the grace you need is the grace I need. And I'm not here because of my pedigree and what I've done. I'm only here by the grace of God. Touch somebody right now and tell your neighbor, I got here by grace. You can sit out there and act cute if you want to. You can sit out there and try to fool your girlfriend if you want to. She's going to get the revelation one day that you are as screwed up as her last boyfriend. And you all need grace. Why are you preaching like this? Because I got fed up with religious people who come into churches and run off the harvest trying to tell them how unholy you are. We don't care what you think about us. We've been brought out by the grace of God. And you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who he brought out of darkness into his marvelous I am thankful. This may be a little longer than I thought. I am thankful. I am thankful. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost right now. I am thankful that God doesn't disguise or conceal the failures of those who he uses in the word of God. I'm thankful that he even reveals and is not afraid to allow the dysfunctionality to surface in the midst of the narrative. I think he allows the dysfunction to be recorded in the word so that we can thank him and and relate. Oh, look at y'all acting like you don't have no dysfunctionality. 
Perhaps your family somehow is the only family on the planet that doesn't have a crazy uncle or a jacked up aunt or somebody crazy in your family tree. But I have reason to believe that everyone sitting in here, no matter what kind of suit you got on, no matter what you squirted on your neck, your Estee Lauder and your Savage and your nice Gucci shoes and your cool little purse, you can disguise it all you want. Drive up in an Escalade if you want to. We know the facts about you. You and all of them are crazy. There's dysfunctionality in all of our family tree. So when I read about the patriarch, and I read about Abraham, and I read about Isaac, and all that they did, and I don't have time to acquaint you with the, the craziness of the family, but this is the patriarch of the faith. God does not identify him by his weakness. Because his faith is greater than his faith. You better hear what I'm telling you right now by Sandobo Koshaya. Your faith in God is greater than your failure. And... In fact, as long as you've got some faith, you will recover from failure. And as long as you recover from failure, you will never be defined by failure. Help me preach in here tonight. Come on in, in here and talk to me, Peter. Uh-huh. Because if we stop in the chapter where he denied the Lord, then Peter is a failure. But I'm thankful for a fireside chat. I'm thankful that when Peter fell down three times, Jesus asked him three questions to let Peter know you denied me three times, but you had faith three times. And because you stood back up even after you fell down, when you are converted, not if you are converted, God, I feel like preaching, Bishop. When you are converted, go find your crazy brothers and strengthen them as well. If you've ever been through something, you have become qualified if you've ever fallen down and gotten back up you have become qualified to rescue those who fall as well and Abraham Isaac and Jacob there is this revealed dysfunctionality and yet the faithfulness of God emerges It is here in this story, this last patriarch, this son of Isaac and grandson of Abraham, that we see some things begin to shape, take shape for the future. And it is this man, Jacob, who goes to the east. And the Bible tells, I don't have time to go through it like I want to, but just catch this. He goes to the east and he comes to a place where his uncle, Laban, has been laboring. Laban is from an idolatrous house. He does not serve the God of Abraham. Laban is full of idolatry, yet he has two daughters, namely Leah and Rachel. Leah, the elder. Rachel, the younger. Jacob comes walking, the Bible said, to the land of the east, and he is looking at the flock laying by a well with a stone in front of it and he sees the shepherds there and he tells them to, to, to water them and, and they begin to talk to him about it not being time and then suddenly to the sheep field comes the youngest daughter of Laban. The shepherdess, her name is Rachel and she is a beautiful person. 
And he looks at her and he says, she is fine. Now this is the Wallace Unauthorized Translation. But Jacob said, she is fine. And so he goes to Laban, and I'm expediting the text, but he goes to Laban and he asks for her hand in matrimony and in covenant. And so Laban says to him, if you work for me for seven years, I'll let you have her. And he works, and he works, and he works. And the Bible said after seven years, it only seemed but a few days because of his love for her. And after seven years, he comes to the night of his wedding. And might you, might you even uh, think of the atrocity that this must have been to get in the and be ready to meet the woman of your dreams on the marriage bed and yet the Bible said Laban snuck his elder daughter into y'all can't handle this y'all PG people in here getting real nervous right now but he snuck his elder daughter Leah into the tent and you got to be careful who you get in a tent with at dark time. Because if you don't have a spirit of revelation on you, you'll get intimate with somebody you don't even know. Oh, but I better go on because y'all can't handle this tonight. The Bible said that he had, he had this intimate moment with Leah and then it suddenly dawned on him, hold on, this ain't who I thought. And he goes to Laban and says, how could you do this to me? And Laban says, we have a process. The younger can never be given away in matrimony and marriage before the elder. And Jacob did not want me. So he works seven more years. And yet the Bible says while he was working that he went ahead at the blessing of Laban and took the hand of Rachel in marriage and he took her in and that is a King James or a new King James way of saying they were intimate with each other and so now he has two he now has two he wants one but tolerates the other If you're Rachel, you wake up in the morning and you sit down at the breakfast table and your husband's on the other side of the table and you feel good because he keeps smiling at you, blowing them kisses at Rachel and Leah is sitting on the left side of the Cheerios. I do not want to preach tonight about Jacob and I do not want to preach tonight about Rachel's perspective. I came tonight to talk about the runner-up. And what I felt like God said to me driving down the interstate on the way to this assignment tonight, he said to me that the church is full of people who have experienced rejection and not been able to process it. We got people sitting in church who do not approach the throne of grace boldly because they have tasted rejection on planet earth and they believe the treatment of sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and friends and co-workers and husbands and wives and exes and in-laws and outlaws. We believe that their rejection defines our worth. I'm getting ready to say some stuff in here tonight. Some of you couldn't even praise God tonight because your spirit is so heavy. You cannot forget. You couldn't receive his prophetic word because you can't quit playing back the record in your mind of what
you. You can't even step into your future because you are trapped by the rejection of your past. And so the Bible says, Leah was rejected by Jacob. And I want to tell you something tonight as you process rejection. And you know, you would think when you preach a message like this, you would think I'm preaching to some sweet emotional lady who cries at the drop of a hat. And oh, she's going to come up to the altar tonight and get prayed for for the 718th time? That's okay, but I'm talking to some grown men. I'm getting ready to walk around here and preach. I'm talking to some grown men who can't even crawl up in the lap of Abba Father because you cannot process the rejection your father gave you as a boy and you're sitting up in here 58 years old and don't even know how to tell your son you love him and you can't even kiss your wife and tell her you love her because on the inside you're broken. On the inside you're a mess. On the inside you want to go to heaven but you're living in hell. It's rejection. Can you imagine Leah sitting in the house with a man who wants to be with his own? And the Bible says, My God, when God saw, verse 31, oh God, I'm getting ready to help somebody. When God saw Leah was unloved and rejected, he opened up. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. Some of you have processed rejection incorrectly. You thought that the rejection was a, it was a telegraph to indicate that God don't care and God don't know and God doesn't respond and God wasn't there to see it and God didn't hear it. And I don't know who I'm talking to and I know you want me to preach some crazy message to the church about revival, but we can't keep trying to have revival while you're sitting up in here wounded and broken and you've got wounds on the inside and you're shouting and speaking in tongues only to go home and cry tears nobody else sees and you're walking in the kitchen thinking about ending your life all because somebody said they didn't want you. And I'm about to give you a revelation on processing rejection. Stop processing rejection as if it were God rejecting you and hear what I'm about to say. You need to praise God for the rejection because the rejection was an invitation to God to open something up that never would have opened had they not rejected you. Oh God, I'm getting ready to preach. I feel a hole getting ready to break out in the heavens. Somebody is getting ready to bust out of a past of pain and rejection and you're getting ready to watch God open up a place in you you've never known exist sit with me let me let me just unpack this if you read this text correctly you will understand that the acceptance of man 
keeps your womb closed. I know that that's not a conclusive statement and it's not always true because God will give you favor with men. I understand that. But there are seasons in your life where you will understand that if everybody likes you, God's not really always paying attention to those who've got the fanfare and all of the followership and everybody talking about how awesome you are. Oh, no, no, no. God is looking for those people sitting. Where are you at tonight? Where are those people sitting in this church that nobody knows your name? Nobody knows what you've been through. Nobody knows what you've been dealing with. Nobody knows the hell and hot water that you've been walking through and you're sitting in here tonight wondering, does God know what I'm dealing with? Does God know what I'm going through I want to tell you the fact that I'm preaching this message is a revelation that God loved you too much to leave you in a place of rejection and brokenness I came in here ready to preach out of Acts chapter 28 but the Holy Ghost said before you leave Nashville I'm getting ready to heal some wounds I'm getting ready to open up somebody's future I'm getting ready to bless some people that the devil tried to bury slap three people and tell them you're coming out of this you're coming out of this you're coming out of this the devil intended for the rejection to wound you mortally but the devil is a liar God sent me to tell you that the devil's weapon will not work no weapon formed against you shall be able to shut up a host I feel like God is about to bring some preachers out of a spirit of rejection they didn't call you to preach they did you a favor you ought to shut sit down I came for you I came for you I came for you because the Holy Ghost is about to open up a place in your spirit that has never both Shantaya young lady you've been singing sweet songs in Zion all your life but God is about to put a fresh new song in your mouth and a fresh song is about to come up out of your belly and the devil will wish he never messed with you in the first place and your babies are not gonna die they're gonna live and promise Somebody tell them, I'm coming out. You're coming out. We're coming out of this. We will not stay in this. We're coming out. He rejected her. And there will come a season in your life where you, you will thank those who rejected you. I said there will come a season in your life where you will be able to send a thank you card. Y'all don't even hear what I'm saying. I said you'll be able to send a thank you card to the person that hurt you to the movement that hurt, to the organization, to the company, to the job. You will send a thank you card. It ain't happening for everybody yet, but before we leave, a revelation is coming on your mind and you are, you are about to discover that the rejection of man is really the jealousy of God. Sit down. 
Now let me tell my story. In one of the most challenging moments in my entire life, I felt stabbed in the back. I was lied on. And to be quite honest and vulnerable with you, and I don't, I don't know most of y'all well enough to be vulnerable, but I know them well enough, and them well enough to be vulnerable. I will tell you I was hurting by men who I thought loved me, but really they didn't. And I'm sitting in front of 5,000 people and had felt the pain of rejection and having to hold it all together in front of a crowd of people. And I get a text on my phone from a dear brother who I don't talk to all the time, but we are connected in the Holy Ghost. And he texts me a simple text. He said, I'm in a tree stand. In the middle of nowhere, I don't even know if there's enough signal to get this message to you, but I'm sitting in this tree stand trying to kill a deer. And the Holy Ghost just told me to text you these words. What feels like the rejection of man is really the jealousy of the Father. me too much to allow me to be accepted in such shallow terms. And someone in this room tonight has got to process rejection a little differently. You've got to quit seeing the rejection as a sign from God that he's against you and you've got to turn that thing back on your enemy and you've got to be able to say what you meant for my evil. Come on in here and help me preach. I know it's 9 o'clock, but I'm telling you right now, God is about to help somebody break out of 20 years of rejection. What the enemy, I feel the Holy Ghost on my back right now. What the enemy meant for evil. God is able. God is able to turn it around and make it work out for your good. For we know that all things Word together for the good to them that love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. If you've ever felt rejection, I want you to go to Walmart tomorrow, buy 50 thank you cards, and write a thank you note to every one of your haters and tell them thank you for what you did to me. Thank you for what you said. God worked through your scheme and I came out better. Somebody shout yeah. But I must be clear that although the rejection led to an open blessing, this text is disturbing. This text is disturbing because when God opened Leah's womb, we find out that even though she was rejected and blessed, she did not have the ability to properly steward her womb. She was fruitful, but she didn't understand that that came with great responsibility. When God starts blessing you, you've got to be real careful that you don't mishandle the favor 
and the blessing. Because you can't go through so much rejection that when you start seeing reproduction and productivity and blessing come on your life, if you're not careful, you will replicate the issues and the problems of Leah in this text. And they are namely two problems that I have with what's happening here. Number one, when God opens up her womb, Jacob uses her womb. He did not love her. But he had no way to make his name great without the open womb of Leah. And you got to be careful when God blesses you that you don't become somebody's tool. Because when people know you got an open womb and favor is on your life, they will connect their caboose to your engine and let you take them everywhere they go. I'm saying some stuff tonight. I don't even know who I came to talk to. And I know I'm not talking to everybody, but somebody is squirming right now looking for your car keys and you trying to find a reason to run up out of this building. And it is because you are blessed and you are highly favored and the goodness of God is on your life, but you are running with people that do not love you. They only want you for what you can do for them. And when God begins to give you favor, you've got to make sure you steward favor with authenticity. You've got to protect favor. Not only am I disturbed about the fact that Jacob gets to use a wound that he doesn't love, but I'm also troubled by the fact that Leah names all of her blessings According to her pain. She doesn't have the ability to walk in the blessing of an open womb without the blessing being tainted by the pain she had previously walked through. In other words, God opens up her womb as a favor to her. God opens up her womb as a blessing to her. But she names her blessing according to her pain. Have you ever met people like that? Have you ever been that person? Where your pain and the rejection was so horrible that even in seasons when God tried to bless you, you couldn't call it what it was. You had to call it according to you. So she has the first son and they name him Reuben. And she names him Reuben because she's saying, watch this, she names him Reuben because... She's saying that God has looked upon my affliction. See, even the blessing is connected to the rejection. This is how you know you're wounded. Because every time God blesses you, instead of calling it what it is, we say, how are you doing? And you ought to say, whoa! I'm on fire. God has set me free. My house is blessed. And every time we ask you how you're doing, well, Hanging around, nothing to do but frown. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Why don't you play another somebody done? Come on, Nashville, help me. Song, make me feel that. We got so much misery. We got so much misery. We got people who are still trapped in the pain of a pandemic. 
And I know the pandemic hurt because many of us lost loved ones and friends. But we still got people who are trying to be identified according to the pain of that season when we are getting ready as the people of God to step into the greatest breakthrough that we've ever known. Stop allowing the past to create an identity for the blessing that God wants to put in your life. And Leah is hurting. And every time God tries to bless her, she tries to name her blessing out of the pain. So on one hand, you have a child. There's nothing like a child. Devin and I, you know our story. Most of you know our story. We have four children that are grown. We have a 20-year-old who just moved to Washington, D.C., a 19-year-old who's getting ready to release his first rap album, second rap al album. I got a 16-year-old daughter who's going to be a junior in high school and a 15-year-old daughter who's going to be a, a sophomore, freshman, whatever. I don't even know. I lose count now. I got 72 kids. <laughs> but that's two less than Pastor Greg and Gretchen who have 75. Come on, somebody. Say amen. You know I love them. Watch this. There's something about it. And, and so here Devin and I, we are thinking about, you know, life, ministry, what we're going to do. All of our babies can iron their own clothes. They can fix their own food. They can even drive themselves to the store or the Piggly Wiggly or wherever they're going. They can, drive, they can do things for themselves. And then all of a sudden, Devin gets a word from the Lord. God told me we're going to adopt a baby. It was the Holy Ghost telling you we're going to have a spiritual baby, a spirit, spiritual child. Something God's getting ready to birth. Oh, Shabbat. God's getting ready to birth something in our life. No, this is going to be a real baby. Okay, 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 whatever. And so I land after preaching in North Carolina, and I get a message on my phone. Kevin, the Holy Ghost just said to me, this is our baby. I said, what are you talking about? I just landed off an airplane. Is this a joke? Is it April Fool's? What's going on? And wouldn't you know that a 14-year-old girl who's been told to have an abortion, 35 weeks pregnant, and nobody knew about it. She meets privately with her grandmother and my wife. Devin looks at that 14-year-old girl in the eye and said, if you'll have this baby, my husband and I will take it. She was talking about faith for real. <laughs> Can I tell you something? When that baby girl was born on March 31st, 2021, she came into this world screaming. You know, this morning at 7.05, she woke me up screaming. Her baby bed is in my bedroom. And, you know, this is so crazy because I'm 43. And I looked at her this morning. I said, let me help you understand something, child. We're getting ready to get on the right wavelength here. Because I'm getting old and I need my sleep. You know, people old get grumpy if they don't get a good nine hours of sleep. But she woke up at 7.05 and she stood up on the side of her baby bed and this is what she did. She went, ah! I'm in the middle of a dream. God trying to talk to me in a dream and in the dream I hear a little baby. In the dream I heard a baby going, ah! And I'm like, God, what is that? And the Lord's like, get up, it's her. And I get up and she's standing at the end of the baby bed going, that, 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 ah! That, that, that. What are you saying this for? Because when God opens up something that gives you a blessing, it's intended to bring you joy. But if you can't step out of your rejection, you will look in the face of a thing that is intended to bring you joy and you will keep relating to the pain and never get out of it. So it wasn't just the first child. 
it was the second child who was Simeon and Simeon came along and she named him Simeon because now God gave me two and surely my husband will have affection for me now and then the third came along and it was Levi and Levi came along and surely because God gave me a third child he'll connect and attach to me and God will use this child to make the one who's rejecting me finally love me but then oh I feel like preaching and I'm getting ready to go take my seat but then she came into the fourth child. Yes he did. Four is the number of creation in the Bible. I'm telling you that when you step out of that third realm into that fourth realm, it's an opportunity for God to create a new beginning for somebody. God is about to give somebody a creative miracle. I want you to understand that when she came into that fourth child, she looked back at the pain and the rejection. She looked at Jacob and said, I'm tired of trying to please you. I'm tired of trying to impress you. And I came to ask a question at overflow 22 when are you going to get fed up trying to please people when are you going to quit using your energy to impress people that don't like you no matter how much you do for them some of you are getting ready to step out of the pain of the past and you're getting ready i came to tell you you may be wounded but your womb is still open touch somebody tell a neighbor you may be wounded but your womb is still open uh-huh you may not be completely over your pain yet but god's favor is still on your life you may not be out of the woods yet but he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to finish what he started touch somebody tell him i'm still blessed i'm still blessed rejected but blessed hated but loved by god people trying to push me down but god deciding to lift me up i wish somebody would thank god for the blessing of an open womb that you still have a future that that thing going off in your mind that tells you god don't love you that voice is about to be broken off of your life because god is about to send a fresh thing to the spirit of every one of you who have faith to believe he is not done yet The first one was for the man. The second one was for the man. The third one was for the man. But she got so fed up trying to impress the man that the fourth one she had, she said, this one is for God. Slap somebody, tell a neighbor, the next one that I have is for God. The next one that I have is for the kingdom. The next one that I have is for the king. I don't know who I'm talking to. Some of you have been productive, but everything God gave you, you used it to impress people. That thing is being broken off your life right now. Shekomahasa. I feel the Holy Ghost breaking out right over there. The next one is about to be for God. Touch your neighbor, say, hey neighbor. Tell them this one is for the Lord. You should have took it when I gave it to you. I tried it last time for you. You still don't believe in me. You still don't think I can do it. You still don't think I got it. But this one is not for you. This one is for the Lord. Somebody find the best praise you got. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise is about to get birth. Pain is about to give way to praise. 
somebody shout for the Lord. She, she, what key am I in, Julian? She, I feel like preaching in my key. She gave birth to Reuben and Reuben didn't break it. She gave birth to Simeon and Simeon didn't break it. She gave birth to Levi and Levi didn't break it. But then she got to Judah. Yes, I want to tell you this woman was a pagan woman from a house of idolatry. But when she gave birth to Judah, Judah broke every curse over the house. She didn't give that one to the God of Laban. She said, this praise will be for Yahweh. This praise will be for the Lord. Somebody leave your pain and find a prayer. If God's been good to you, take the next 60 seconds and give birth to praise. Praise him until you feel something break. Praise him until you feel something shift. Praise him until you feel something move. In fact, the healing from your pain will be released when you unlock your prayer. seconds to forget about who's standing beside you we just walked into a delivery room we just walked into the labor room somebody has been pregnant with a breakthrough somebody has been pregnant with a miracle it will not happen until you open up your mouth and let praise let praise let praise come out no more pain let praise, let praise come a whole shatter. Mama, mommy, oh, son. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. All that is within me. Grab a hold of your neighbor and say, neighbor, I came to pull you out of pain into a place of praise. Let me teach this. When Devin had, when Devin had several of our children, she had the blessing of a doula. A doula. Gretch, you know what a doula is. A doula is a woman who comes into the birth womb and coaches the woman into delivery. I feel like helping somebody in the room tonight. The doula is in the room. Somebody say, who is the doula? The doula is the Holy Ghost. And I came to tell somebody, you've been having trouble releasing this praise. You've been having trouble having this baby. But the doula is in the house. Reach over and grab your neighbor and shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, the doula sent me to help you and tell you it's time to give birth to praise. It's time to give birth to praise. You've been having pain too long. 
Somebody run with me and him. Somebody run with us. You are not barren. You are blessed. Shout if you know you're blessed. Shout if you know you're blessed. Somebody give birth to Judah and break every generational hex. Break every generational assignment. Break every generational word that the devil is trying to put on your house. Somebody tell the devil to get under your feet. Somebody give God praise. Somebody's feeling a loosen come to your feet. Somebody's feeling a freedom come to your feet. Somebody's feeling a loosen in your voice. Open up your mouth. Cut your feet loose and take 30 seconds and turn this room into a delivery room. Give God praise. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.